Welcome into the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. This is Ben Brown. This is coming up for you on the Saturday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I usually run this one solo, but today I got a special guest with me, Nick Costos, the Costos on Twitter. He's great. He does a lot of the You Better You Bet content. I think he's on 4 to 8 p.m. every pretty much every single day Eastern time talking, you know, through all the game of the sports. So, Nick, I appreciate you coming on to talk some college football with me here today. Ben, what's going on, brother? Great to be on with you. And of course, the great listeners of Pro Football Focus, man. So uh, so great to be on, man. And hopefully we'll dole out some winners this week on the College Gridiron. That's all we're looking to do. That's all we're looking to do. So I know you better you bet. You kind of you guys kind of run the whole gamut of sports. You're not just doing football. I mean, I'm seeing you toting a little bit of soccer players. I see some baseball, oh, yeah. stuff like that. I'm wondering, if you were forced to choose on only one sport to bet, what one are you going to be choosing here? Well, that's an interesting question, right? Because, um, you know... I think we acknowledge, right, as, as big NFL fans, big football fans, right? But for me, like, my lifelong love has always been, since I was, like, five years old, has been the National Football League. So we acknowledge that the NFL is the most efficient market, meaning it's the hardest one to beat because there are only 32 teams. Everyone knows everything about all 32 teams. Um, and the information is all out there for everything. So the NFL is the hardest sport to beat. But it's also the most fun sport to bet on, and it's the one that I enjoy the most. So I will take the National Football League because it's the most fun for me while simultaneously acknowledging that it's not the best one to boost a bankroll. But if you make me pick one, that's the one that I have the most fun with is the National Football League, and it's it's not even really close. Yeah, it's not. I mean, from an entertainment perspective, if you're really only looking to get – if you're not trying to make a living off of it, I don't how, see how you can really steer away from the NFL. But I don't know. I'm kind of starting to gravitate some to some different markets, Um, you know, a little bit more of like the derivative side, player props, things like that i do think that those are a little bit less efficient especially if you can get on some of those opening lines i do know that air props for sure i yeah. agree 100 with that and like we do a shtick on the show called like where i'm the prop king and we like have like this like ridiculous music that plays which is like i've done pretty well look like it's obviously it's sticky for the show and for entertainment value but like to your point i, I don't think kind of sports books are caught up to like the inefficiencies in the prop market where i think there are guys that are that are priced incorrectly pretty much every single week like and i'll give one and he's only hit once in the last couple of weeks, but I mean, given like his target share and given the fact that his air yards are insane, Darnell Mooney from the bears is a guy that's in like the low to mid thirties every week. And then like he had a halfway decent quarterback. You go for a hundred every week. So he hit his over last week. That's one where I feel like he's priced incorrectly. Like DJ Moore is somehow priced in the sixties every week. Like any Galladay is priced in the seventies every single week. Like you get guys against the right matchup, like Galladay against the Falcons last week, DJ Moore against the Falcons on Thursday night football. Like we're taping this on Thursday. People will make, listen to it Saturday but DJ Moore 67 and a half over receiving yards like I'm all over that tonight for Thursday night football with the Panthers and Falcons yeah it's gonna be a fun matchup here coming up on Thursday night but I, I like what you said about Darnell Mooney because I actually went with his I was kind of debating between his reception and yardage total on uh Monday night basically and I kind of I was leaning towards the under basically so I did write up under three receptions he did end up getting there kind of during garbage time but like you said he's getting a ton of targets ton of air yards share things like that he's just you know basically dealing with the Nick Foles situation that hasn't really come to fruition for him but uh I regress so anyways let's dive in let's talk a little bit about college football maybe uh I think a decent start kind of I'm wondering there's a little bit of this weird dynamic in college football this year. Um, you know, we have a pretty decent understanding of some of the teams and conferences, but we still have like the big 10 starting up last week. We have the PAC 12 coming up here shortly. I'm wondering, are you kind of just avoiding these situations where we don't have too much data on some of these initial teams that, you know, 
are only one week into their season, basically? Are you still targeting, you know, teams from the SEC and Big 12? Or do you see some opportunity and kind of uh, the market not necessarily understanding how good some of these teams in the Big 10 might be or might not be, basically, in targeting those sorts of situations? Well, I think it's like kind of a little combination of both, right? Where, like, we acknowledge the fact that, like, this can be a lot more difficult now with, like, the lack of data points that we had coming into the year. And I think, you know, a lot of the professional bettors that we've come on, you better, you bet, odds makers that have come on, you better, you bet, weekdays, 4 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the radio.com app, they kind of say, the same thing like we kind of don't know what's going to happen like we have our best guess and then we don't know like i felt like the under in minnesota michigan last week specifically the first half under was a sharp play last week that i feel like a lot of people that i really respect that i know and people may listen to this and be like oh they scored a million points in the first half dumb bet like a lot of really really smart professional bettors that bet college football specifically especially as for a living we're on that bet. So like, I don't think it was a bad, like it didn't turn out well, but I mean, there's just no data points. Like it, we're a, it's a weird season right now. It's not that like they should always win. But my point is, is that when you're that far off, like, and, and like pros are that far off when like you knew going into it, you might be far off. I, I, I think it's telling, but what I also think it does is it allows us maybe to try and pick our spots in some of these games, Ohio state, Penn state, for instance, we can get into that game where I think given that we don't have more data points, I think actually can play in our favor for a side that I like in that particular game in the big 10. So I think we really take it on a case by case basis. Macro wise, you're definitely right. But micro in terms of individual games, I do think that we may be able to exploit some matchups. Yep, definitely. I think that is the correct approach. So, that, I mean, let's go into it. Let's go into it right away. I think maybe the game of the week here, Ohio State, Buckeyes at Penn State. Penn State's probably 11 and a half point favorite. Uh, Sean Clifford, I don't think he looked that bad from, you know, a passing perspective basically last week against Indiana. Game went into overtime, kind of, you know, a fluky situation. They ended up losing to Indiana. I think if they win that game, this line's sitting closer to eight and a half, even seven and a half for Penn State. So I think we're getting a little bit of a bump just from that perspective. But I kind of bind into Penn State. Can you talk me off of that situation? Are you fully on board with betting the Nittany Lions here on Saturday? Yeah, not only Ben will I not talk you out of Penn State, I'm going to try to talk you into betting Penn State on Saturday. I'm, I, I like Penn State quite a bit here. Um, I think if we look at the box scores from last week, um, like if you just look at the final scores, you'll see, you know, Ohio state kills Nebraska Penn state with the shocking loss, obviously to Indiana, but a deeper dive into both of those box scores will show. And it's not that Nebraska should have won the game. And I'm not making that point. I'm not even saying Nebraska really deserved to cover the spread against Ohio state, but like Nebraska basically did everything a team could possibly do to lose the game and not cover a bet terrible in the red zone, turning the football over. Right. So I think the box score flattering uh, the final score flattering to Ohio state, the box score, not so much And Penn state dominated Indiana in the box score. But again, you have a team that does everything it can possibly do down the street. Like the Atlanta Falcons, basically of the big 10 last week where they did everything they could do to possibly right to lose a game, which is what Penn state did. So I think we have that working in our favor, right? That I think things will probably regress to the mean Penn state won't make the same mistakes. And given Penn state's, you know, injuries, COVID situation that running back, I think this is going to be the Sean Clifford show. Now Clifford will basically be like Adrian Martinez, hopefully without the turnovers this week. And I think he can have success against this Ohio state against this Ohio state defense. Now I'm not going to make the case that Penn state can slow down the Ohio state offense. We'll see about Chris Olave, Ohio state's top wide receiver and concussion protocol, I believe. But like, it's like if Olave doesn't play, it's not like some scrubs coming in. Like it's Ohio state, like Ohio state's awesome. So I think Ohio state can definitely score. So this is a game where I actually think that we're early in the season actually helps us. Right. Because maybe or later in the season, we're like, okay, like we know more and we know that Penn state can't do this or Ohio State can't do this. Given the uncertainty, though, I think it's definitely worth taking a shot 
um, with the Penn State Nittany Lions here. Absolutely. And and I want to give a shout out to my co-host on You Better You Bet, Ken Barkley. He's on Twitter at Locky Lockers. And Ken, like, mathematically models a lot of these games. Wrote a college football handicapping book, literally, um, last year. And the point that he brought up, when you look at recruiting in the Big Ten, like, Ohio State it recruits the best. And then draw a line, and it's Penn State second, right? And then yeah. it's Michigan. A lot of people think it's Michigan but it's Penn state below Ohio state. So like the talent chasm between these two teams is not really that great. And James Franklin's five and one against his bread in his career against Ohio state. So I think it's likely that Ohio state wins the game uh, on the field, but I'll take Sean Clifford and Penn state to cover this number. Yeah. I like the fact that you're getting 11 and a half. Basically my only concern you touched on it a little bit, but that Justin Fields, I mean, he, yeah, he, he only had 32 dropbacks last week, went for 95% of those were an accurate play. Uh, in our grading system, 40% of those were positive graded throws. He only had 3% that were negative graded. So, I mean, he looks to me like, I know, I know it's probably a little bit of a debate. I think it's going to continue to happen here throughout the season, but I don't think he's as far behind Trevor Lawrence as far as the number one overall quarterback prospect than people give him credit for. So I'm wondering, do you have him at least in the same uh, vicinity as Trevor Lawrence, even close to him at this point in time? And does that affect your decision-making, you know, early in the season where they could easily roll to, you know, a two touchdown or more cover favorite here against uh, Penn state. Well, like, well, like as far as the game is concerned, like uh, I don't think Penn state is going to be able to stop him. Like, but that's not the handicap. The handicap is right. the Penn state. It's going to be able to score on Ohio State and keep this game relatively close. As far as the Fields Lawrence comparison, like I think that you know last year may not be the best comparison year because I think Burrow was going to be the number one pick no matter what after what he did for LSU. But I think like if you put Justin Fields in the Baker Mayfield year where Baker went number one, I think Fields would go number one. I think if you put him out there in like a non-Burrow, non-Trevor Lawrence, like non-Andrew Locke, non-Peyton Manning type year, I think it's likely that Fields would be the top overall pick. So I I agree. I want to split the difference. Lawrence is going to go one and I think Lawrence should go one, but I also don't think that's an insult to Justin Fields that Fields will go behind Lawrence. And it's not to insinuate that Fields can't be the same type of pro Lawrence can be. I mean, Fields might end up being better. Who the hell knows? I just think that Lawrence is going to go one. It's like when people say, like people take it as an insult when you say, I know this is not apples to apples, like, Oh, LeBron, like, like when you say LeBron's not as good as Michael Jordan, it's an insult or Michael's the greatest of all time. And it's not an insult to say you're not better than the guy that's the greatest that's ever played the game. So yep. I don't think it's an insult to Fields to say Lawrence is going to go one, but I think Fields is also really, really, really awesome. Yeah, I definitely agree. So we'll see. Let's let's move to the SEC. We got Georgia at Kentucky. I think Kentucky opened up plus 14 home home dogs basically coming up. I think it's bumped out to 15 and a half at this point in time. Are you seeing uh, any value on any side of this opportunity? I don't really, our models have it a little bit uh, probably lean towards Kentucky, but I don't think there's enough value. I think Georgia is basically the second best team in the SEC, according to our ELO rankings. Kentucky's kind of seventh. I know we're getting a new quarterback, Joey Gatewood, transfer over from uh, Auburn, basically. So I'm wondering, how are you handicapping this game with that new quarterback? Obviously, Terry Wilson and Joey Gatewood are basically, uh, I would say, polar opposites from a quarterback perspective. So I'm just wondering how you think that's going to play into how this game plays out. Yeah, in the sense that Terry Wilson can't throw the ball and Joey Gatewood can. Yeah, so for people that don't know Joey Gatewood, he got beat up by Bo Nix for Auburn's uh, starting quarterback job and ends up transferring. And yes, to answer your question, yes, if you get beat up uh, by Bo Nix, I think the chances are you're probably not very good. So... Kentucky also does not have a ton of threats down the field. Anyone that watches Kentucky football knows that Wilson doesn't really throw the ball down the field and they don't really have the weapons down the field here. So I, if Wilson were playing, I would feel better about Georgia only because like we know what Kentucky is with Wilson, right? 
there is the unknown factor here. We see that a little bit in the NFL this weekend, right, with Dolphins Rams with Tua Tagovailoa starting, where we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Tua kind of injects this new, like, variable into the situation. And I think Gatewood does that to a degree here. So I would feel better about Georgia if it were Wilson than Gatewood, only because I know what, what Gatewood might suck, but he also might be good. Like, we don't really know. Like, my assumption is he's not going to be great, but we don't know that for a fact until we actually see it play out on the field. But I, I can only look at Georgia in this game here. Now, the one thing that would give me pause, in addition to Gatewood, right, and the difference on offense, Stetson Bennett had a really nice start to the season, melted down in the Alabama game. Now, that, of course, is Alabama an entirely different beast. But if you take away Kentucky's um, game last week against Missouri, that game notwithstanding, this defense has forced a ton of turnovers this year. And Bennett has shown that he puts the ball in harm's way at points here. So I think there's a case to be made that, you know, I think if you like Kentucky, the handicap almost has to be the variable with Gatewood being like maybe like 40% of it and then 60% of it being maybe they can turn Georgia over and keep this game somewhat close. Um, I'm not willing to make either of those um, – hypotheses though so i will lay it with georgia on saturday i don't love it but i like it i would love it if terry wilson were playing but i like it with joey gatewood yeah so i mean kentucky did have some success uh you know getting big turnovers especially against mississippi state and like you said uh stetson Bennett, he's had a, quite a few turnover worthy plays i think our grading system has turnover worthy plays right around 5.4 percent for him his big time throw percentage is basically right line with that so he is kind of this boomer bust play where if kentucky gets uh you know a couple big plays on the defense side of the football turns the field over a little bit like that. I think they could definitely, you know, stay relevant in this matchup, but I don't really like the 15 and a half point spread. Uh, our model actually gives just a little bit of value on Kentucky's money line at plus 525. I don't know if that's necessarily uh, too great of an option, but there is just a little bit of value. So sometimes we get a little bit of randomness in here. Maybe you can get a long shot bet in uh, on the college football side of things. No House Advantage is taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across the NBA, MLB, NFL, and PGA for cash prizes. This is an awesome new fantasy sports platform that's leveling the playing field and making it easier to win than on the traditional fantasy sports apps. Download the No House Advantage app and check out our daily player prop contests without having to make a deposit. Play in public guaranteed cash prize pool contests or create your own private contest with friends. Use promo code EDGE when signing up, and they'll match your first deposit with a $20 in free play. If your first-time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF EDGE annual subscription. No House Advantage offers daily player prop contests that include all types of player statistics. Featured player prop contests combine players of different positions across several statistical categories. Compete against other users and track in real-time as you climb the leaderboard. Download the No House Advantage app now using promo code EDGE and they'll match your first deposit with up to $20 in free play. If your first time deposit is at least $10, we'll set you up with a free PFF Edge annual subscription. But let's go Let's go into another matchup. I kind of, I'm intrigued by both of these quarterbacks in this game. I've been a big fan of Helen Munn, but Texas A&M at Arkansas. I'm wondering uh, how you are evaluating this matchup coming up. So I'm going to keep the handicap for this one short and sweet. I like A&M and I also like the under in this game. Now, A&M is kind of like this chameleon sort of team under Jimbo Fisher, where if Jimbo plays a team that wants to go really fast, you're going to see a million points in the game. If Jimbo plays a team that wants to go slow, you're going to see like 20 points in the game. Both of these teams like to play slow. Ergo, I like the under. So we'll keep that really simple. As far as the spread is concerned in this, and I know Arkansas has kind of become like the public darling, right? And I don't right. mean public in the sense of like the betting public. I mean, just like college football fans, right? Because they've had this really fun start to 
of the season should have beaten Auburn, have a couple other wins, and like they've been bad for a long time, so people are in on Arkansas now. I would just say this, you know, Arkansas took down two kind of gimmicky offenses, Mike Leach in the air raid, which does not look like it's going to work in the <laughs> SEC, and then what Ole Miss does at Alabama, at Ole Miss, uh, Lane Kiffin does, excuse me, at Ole Miss, and I know Ole Miss was able to put up all those points. Um against Alabama, but I mean, I think that's kind of like a function more of like Alabama also scored 500 million points right. in that game. I don't necessarily know that it really mattered. So this is a pro-style offense that Jimbo runs for Texas A&M, and I, I kind of think Texas A&M rolls here. I think the game goes under the total. I think it's a boring football game at College Station, so give me A&M and give me the under against Arkansas. Let's do it. Let's talk one more SEC game, and then I promise you we're going to switch to some other matchups, but let's go Alabama-Mississippi State. Bama's been a team that I have been on board with basically all year i've written them up in my favorite plays the last two weeks old miss they didn't cover last week against tennessee they definitely got there uh, i guess i liked them at georgia there was a georgia game in between of course they covered in that one as well so i don't know i think bama looks really good i think mac jones looks like a really quality quarterback in this offense i'm not sure how much of it is just you know the offensive scheme skills position players things like that of course they did lose jalen waddle but i don't know how are you evaluating this matchup uh is there any sort of play that you're looking at either on the spread total or is there some other market that you're kind of intrigued with in this matchup well actually i do like a derivative in this game here now um i would never Never bet Mississippi State in this game. So I would only consider laying it with Alabama if I were going to bet the spread. I would not bet the under in this game. I But I don't know if I'm interested in the, in the over um, at 63 and a half. Mississippi State is on a historically bad run right now right. as far as the SEC is concerned. They scored 30 points in their last three games. Like in the in like the last like 20, 25 years in the SEC, it's one of like the four or five worst offensive outputs. And this is a team that's supposed to be scoring offensively, right? And it's like, you know, uh, a lot of guys are abandoning Chef, Kylan Hill, other transfer portal here. So people are um, unhappy with Mike Leach. So I would never bet Mississippi State in this game. Now, my question is, can Mississippi State score enough to get this game over the full game total? I think they probably can. But the bet that I'm more interested in making is Alabama's team total, which I think is 47, 47 and a half, depending on where you're shopping here. I, I think Alabama rolls off the bus and scores a million points in this game. Like, I don't think Mississippi State can stop them. So yeah. my, my bet in this game would be Alabama team total over. I think Alabama could easily hit 50 in this game. If that makes you a little squeamish, can Mississippi State score 20 points in this game to get it over? I, probably. I just don't know if I feel great about that. The Alabama team total over would be my look in this game. And I think you can all also take a look at the over of you, the person listening to this, if you feel like Mississippi State's offense can do anything against this Bama defense, which it has been shown this year. It has been a little vulnerable. We saw that against Ole Miss and at least in the first half against Georgia. Yeah, they've definitely given up some points, which has been, you know, a little bit surprised, but I have liked all of their overs basically coming up in this matchup. So I don't know. Do you think this Mississippi State air raid offense can actually be successful? Obviously, they look pretty good week one against LSU and then have completely fallen off the rails. Do you think it's more of, um, you know, an actual schematic fit in the SEC where it's just not going to work? Or do you think it's more player development, things like that? You know, Mike Leach might maybe not necessarily having all the pieces that he needs in place or the buy-in in place to actually make this a successful offense. Do you think, do you think this is going to be something that takes a year or two or is it just never going to happen basically well i i think probably it's it's a combination of probably all the things i would lean more towards you know if we were betting on this like i think you would have to set the betting favor would be that it's not going to work and the reason is like we think about mike leach in the pac-12 right over at washington state where like the air raid worked against everyone 
except Washington, because Washington has, has athletes where they're able to be okay. And also a defensive coach that was able to figure it out. And now you come to the sec and it's like, okay, now you've got like hybrid defenders that like safeties that can play linebacker and vice versa. And you like, you just can't run like what they're running here unless you've got like a lead talent. So I think it's a combination of, okay, he probably needs a couple of recruiting classes in to get his guys, get the type of weapons he's looking for on offense. But I think he's in big trouble here because like when you go up against the Alabamas of the world, like I know it worked week one against LSU, but I mean, LSU kind of looked like a dumpster fire, the defense with Bo Pelini, et cetera here. Um, I would bet against it working, which is a shame because Mike Leach is obviously great for the sport, wildly entertaining. And it's, a, it's an offense that when it's clicking, it's a lot of fun to watch. But I think at this point we would have to bet against it, not working long-term. Here. I think we got a maybe a decent enough sample size to probably lay a little bit down on that at bet. So let's see, let's go, let's go to the ACC. I know Clemson, you know, maybe might not have the best matchup, but I'm a little bit intrigued by it. They've started off a little slow. I think they've only covered on two of six spreads to start the 2020 season. Uh, obviously they didn't cover against Syracuse last week. Syracuse had, you know, the big block punt for a touchdown to kind of keep the game close. I'm wondering how are you handicapping this matchup in the ACC? So, so I think when you look at like, and like, again, I'll give a shout out to my co-host Ken Barkley who brought this up on Wednesday's edition of our show. You better, you bet like when you look historically at some of these matchups like it's pretty much lined like the way that clemson bc matchups have been lined in the recent past with Dabo at clemson like minus 31 and a half minus 33 and a half so the line is pretty close the total's a little higher than we've seen it right and for the people that have not seen boston college play this year this is not like the andre williams aj dillon boston college teams where like they're keeping the ball on the ground really heavily they're throwing the ball sometimes 50 plus times a game. Now last week against Georgia tech, they didn't have to do that because Georgia tech coming off the Clemson demolition, couldn't stop the run. Boston college didn't have to throw it, but their quarterback Jerkovich, like all they're talking about in Pratt and, and to reporters is like these complex offensive schemes they're running here. Like, like, like the complex passing game here. And what that does is I think it lends a little more variance to this game. As far as the point total is concerned. Now I'm not going to make the case that Boston college can win the game because they can't. I think there is a case to be made that Boston college can cover this number though. And I think, I think if I had to bet this game against the spread, I think I probably would would bet Boston College here. I don't care about like the quote unquote look ahead spot for Notre Dame next week with Clemson. Don't care about that. Don't think that factors into the handicap. But I think if we can reasonably assume that Clemson's going to put up a number in this game, right? Because why wouldn't they, right? I think we can also reasonably assume that Boston College given the, the, this different offense that they're playing and throwing the ball more, it at least gives them a greater likelihood to be able to score more points in this game against Clemson than if they're running the old offense that they were running. And that leads me to betting over the total in this game. That would be my bet. I would go over 61 and a half. Yep. Yeah. The market direction definitely agrees with you. I think it opened up 59 and a half moved out to 61. We have uh, Boston college as the 11th ranked defense, according to our opponent, just grays in the ACC. So I definitely think Clemson is going to be able to score it. And I really like Jerkovich. I mean, I'm leaning towards Boston college at this plus 31. So in general, I think that they're going to be able to keep pace with Clemson. I don't necessarily think they're going to be able to slow down Clemson. So if I'm leaning on that total, I'm definitely leaning on the over as well, which um, you know, I think is definitely a viable play, but I, I can't get, I can't get off of Boston college this week. I know some people are talking about a rebound spot for Clemson coming off of their not as great performance against Syracuse, but I'm, I'm not buying into that quite yet. I do think Boston college is probably able to cover this 31 point spread. So let's do it. What, give me one more game. Best. What's your favorite bet of the week? One that's maybe moved in your direction that might not be available anymore, or just one that you're uh, super confident in that we haven't necessarily touched on yet. Well, I do like Texas, um, and I do think that number, and I'm not sure what you have it at right now, Ben, like but I mean. Three and a half. Three and a half, great. As long as that number's above three, I think Texas is worth the play. 
I think that number will close at three. So I think the three, the three and a half will not be there for terribly longer. So I think if you can get, if you like Texas, like I would bet it sooner rather than later, because I think this number closes at three um, coming up on Saturday. I think kind of the public perception around Texas hurt, obviously by the red river loss against Oklahoma. And like, obviously like the rough starts of the season for Tom Herman and company, Tom Herman is an underdog. We always like that. Tom Herman always plays Mike Gundy close with Oklahoma state. And I think Texas's defense, like Oklahoma state's defense is getting all the credit. Texas defense, not been like atrocious 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 they haven't, atrocious. Been, they haven't been texas level atrocious they, exactly exactly time, so. exactly um and i also kind of like the over in this game like 58 and a half like that is it's, it's for a texas oklahoma state big 12 game so i like texas and i like the over in that matchup and then let's go to notre dame georgia tech so notre dame sitting is around a three touchdown favorite on the road at georgia tech here nd minus 20 and a half now i know you know People that bet Notre Dame a lot, bet college football a lot, know that Brian Kelly like really does not like cover like these big numbers often, right? So normally this is a spot where we would want to fade Notre Dame here, but there are a couple things that kind of lead me to kind of backing Notre Dame um, in this particular spot. First off, we already acknowledge right when we talked about the Boston College game, Georgia Tech cannot stop the run; they just can't. Um, there is wind expected in this game, as there is wind that's going to affect a lot of games this weekend in the National Football League and collegially. We're seeing totals drop in games where they would not otherwise in the NFL. This is a game where I think. We're going to see some wind the last I had checked, and I am amateur meteorologist. You just type in Atlanta weather Saturday during game time, and you can get a sense that there will be wind in this game. Georgia Tech's got a true freshman quarterback in Sims who's been good, but it's not like it's Patrick Mahomes out there slinging it through 15-mile-an-hour winds. It's a true freshman, right? So if we can hypothesize that Georgia Tech can't stop the run, and we know that Notre Dame can run it, and we can hypothesize that there's going to be wind in this game that could affect the Georgia Tech offense, potentially keeping it close here. Um, that leads me to betting Notre Dame laying the 20 and a half. So I will be on, I don't like to do it, but I will be on Brian Kelly and the Irish as a big favorite this weekend at Georgia Tech. Oh boy, you're going for it. I, I So the, the total has moved up from 56 and a half. I see it closer to 57, 57 and a half, even in some spots. So it is kind of interesting, the narrative with the wind. Obviously, wind does play a factor into how much uh, games actually go over or under their total. I kind of lean towards Towards the under as well. I kind of like this uh, matchup. We do have, uh, you know, Notre Dame basically second overall in our defensive rankings. So from that perspective, I don't know how much George Tech's actually going to be able to stop him, but you touched on it a little bit. I'm not a big fan of Jeff Sims, what, what he's shown so far. He hasn't really necessarily graded that well for PF, from PFF's perspective, negative uh, 0.3 EPA per pass attempt. So he's definitely struggled to move the football a little bit. So I'm not really uh, too keen on backing Georgia Tech at all. I don't know if I necessarily want to lay... Um, any, I would probably lean towards banking the under, but maybe even a Georgia Tech team total under is another viable play for me. So I don't know, but this has been great. I do appreciate you coming on to talk shop with me here, Nick. Uh, you got to follow, follow him on You Better You Bet daily from 4 to 8 p.m. Get him on Twitter, the coat, the costos. Um, if you got anything else, I know you're on a few other spots. Is there anything other, anything else we can find you on on a weekly basis here? Um, college or NFL? Um, like in terms of like bets that I like for this week or oh, just like any podcasts or things like that, that you kind of hop on board. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, everything, everything, there's a lot, there's a lot, it's a lot. Like I feel like my brain is like seeping out of my ears most of the time here on Sunday mornings as well. Um, for people locally in the New York area where I live or in the tri-state area on WFAN in New York, 830 to 9 a.m. Eastern for You Better You Bet specifically in that market. And then nationally on the radio.com app. Also simulcast on 670, the score in Chicago, 97.1, the ticket in Detroit, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. I'm getting you set to win money on the National Football League. And then like I do like a million radio interviews during the week that, right. you know, that are in my contract. He's, all, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. I can't, I, can't, can't say no in the contractual. Have to do not it. Not so, say no. Yeah. Huh? I yeah. appreciate that. 
that. Well, you're getting your first day off tomorrow. How long has it been since you got your last day off? It's got well, I, well, I have Saturdays off every like Saturday is my okay. day off. So like, and like, but you're I, still sweating I, out the college action. So that's well, not really a day well, off. But. Well, I would say this, like, so like I live with, I think people can kind of, can kind of groove with this. Right. And this is not a complaint, right? Because what like I do for a living is great. Like we paid to talk about sports and sports gambling. It's awesome. But like, you know, like, football season's kind of like if you're an accountant it's our busy season right so right. like there's not a lot of free time like i live with my girlfriends you know what's important to me like my relationship you know what i can't do on saturday when like all i do the entire week is work and then sunday i'm watching football i can't sit on the couch for 12 hours on saturday so normally what it what it's turned into is like pumpkin patch or some can i curse on this podcast or of no? course I, let it right, i was gonna say i was gonna say pumpkin patch or some bullshit during the day right and then at night I'll, I'll i'll lock into whatever the college game is and do my prep for the nfl so i do generally have off saturdays but it's like like, I don't know, man. It's like the last, it's like the last meal before the execution. Like, you know, it's the, the week it's, it's, it's coming right around it's the corner. On. So, so I would say that coming up Friday, which is tomorrow, as we tape this on Thursday, I still have to do like all my contracted radio hits. So it's not like a full day off, but it'll be like my first actual, like two days in a row that I've had off probably in like, I don't know, two and a half months, which is not crazy. It just is what it is. Yeah. It I'll, is. It's the, it's the time of the season, like you touched on. It is great, though. I mean, obviously, we're very appreciative to be able to talk, you know, football, betting, gambling, uh, you know, on a daily basis, basically. So can't complain about that. But yeah, Nick Costos, find him on Twitter, The Costos. You better, you bet. It's a great show. You can find him basically every single day talking not just football. So if you want, you know, a little bit other midweek action, I know basically MLB just kind of died down, but there's always uh, other opportunities to bet on if you're looking for some daily fixes here. So uh, definitely check him out. Nick, I definitely appreciate you having on board. We'll have to get you on here again and uh, check this um, check out some of those plays coming up here on Saturday thank you guys Ben appreciate it man and wishing all the great listeners minimal sweats winning bets and the absolute very best of luck I had to get in my, my pro wrestling catchphrase thank you love it